Welcome to This Just In, the show bringing you the latest advancements in healthcare, strategy, innovation, and public policy. And now, for the fastest voice in healthcare, here's your host, Justin Barnes. Thank you for tuning in and welcome to This Just In. I'm your host, Justin Barnes. In these segments, I'll bring you the latest advancements in healthcare, strategy, innovation, and leadership. As always, we're broadcasting from the This Just In studios on the Business Radio X network, as well as the Healthcare Now radio network. For this episode, my 272nd episode, we have a great show with healthcare thought leader, technologist, and innovator, as well as a longtime friend joining us, Mr. Mike Mosquito. Welcome back to the show, my good friend. Justin, thank you for having me again. Glad to be back. Glad to be able to conversate with you again. I love it. We have a uh, big fall coming up. Um, but uh, before we dive into that and some of these cool conferences and some great thought leadership, uh, where are you calling in from, my friend? Calling in from Hilton Head, Georgia. Hilton Head Island, the Pacific. I'm actually at the beach this week, working from the water. Love it, love it, love it. I, uh, As you know, I um, share time in Sarasota, and so I spend a lot of time uh, on the water, along the water, uh, and actually, it helps my work environment. Uh, it keep, makes me uh, more creative, and uh, obviously, we have a lot going on with the very busy and hectic days. So, being on the water, and uh, uh, you know, just really helps with uh, thought processes, and and just um, I think keeping me uh, more focused. It's it's not counterintuitive when you actually uh, can focus in and, and have a relaxed environment. It helps a lot. So, I, I agree with you there. It's been a very good week of just um, kind of getting to relax the brain a little bit. Um, actually speak to some customers about some of their long-term strategies in a casual manner because I'm on vacation. So Love talking it. to someone this week is a little bit more of a, in a casual nature. Um, and then I just get to lay back and relax in the evenings or get up early in the morning, go enjoy some of that water rolling in. You got it. And that's actually one of the segments. If we have time, we'll get to it. I always, It's always where I try to end my show is where do you go with a question of my guests, where do you go to get or be inspired? And now my actual producers make it its own little segment because it's very inspiring. So mine is usually the water. So we actually, you know what? We can start off our show this time with that question. So where do you go, Mike, in general to go or get uh, or be inspired? I, I will I will tell you, I, I lean to going towards the water um, during the summer and the warmer months where I can have a golf course. And I played the other day by myself. It was, it was weird because they were asking, like, don't you want to play with someone? I'm like, no, this is my time. It's my quiet time. I recharge time. I get to think. Um, I'm thinking about one one little thing, but then I get to actually that drive between holes, um, be by myself and recharge myself. And during the winter, I like white snow. I went to school out in Colorado to start with. Um, at the Air Force Academy, and that's why I learned how to um, how to use that quiet time in the mountains mm-hmm. to recharge, meditate, um, and get my about my balance back. And that really does help me. So I have two different points of recharging: uh, winter and summer. And one's the water. I grew up on the water in Mobile, but during the winter, I tend to lean towards white powder and just kind of relax and ski. Love it. Actually, yeah. I mean, we're we're similar in that regard. The water is certainly where I like to relax and unwind and recharge. Uh, and I tend to actually, I grew up skiing. I grew up in the Northeast outside of Boston. So it, I picked up skiing and ski out West almost every year now. Um, but uh, I didn't realize we had all that in common. Very, very cool. Well, hey, I appreciate you joining me on air because A, the outline that you sent me, some of your thoughts are just spot on. And so I think that, you know, this is a great show. We have uh, um, an opportunity to share you know, not only thought leadership, but also really best practices. This show, you know, now we're going almost into our 10th year. 
And so it's about highlighting best practices and key strategies to be successful. And now we're about to walk into some really big conferences for the fall. And so I think this is extremely timely. And obviously you're a great thought leader in the industry. I've always enjoyed collaborating with you. We're, we're, uh, we think alike in a lot of ways. And so it's always a, a fun time, a conversation where we're sitting at a conference, sitting uh, in Atlanta somewhere, or, or uh, certainly here on air, you're always a, a great a breath of fresh air to uh, to speak with. So um, let's go ahead and dive right in. Uh, and uh, I know you guys you really caught, got a cool announcement around um, an upcoming conference in Georgia. So why don't we talk about that for a second, and then we can talk about some other stuff and then kind of dive into some really cool thought leadership. Yeah, next week on the 3rd of uh, October, we start the Georgia Hymns Conference, actually Georgia Hymns Annual Conference. Yeah. And we have a, a great lineup schedule for those attendees, those partners and those healthcare leaders who are going to be coming down um, to the Atlanta Waverly and be able to sit back, relax and enjoy um, healthcare information technology firsthand from thought leadership and those leaders around the region we brought in. Ed Marks as our, our headliner. Love to be Ed. Able to have yeah. A, yeah, Ed's going to be coming in to open up the conference for us. And so we really want to make sure that the panel, panels of uh, CIOs that are going to be closing out the show are going to be thought-provoking and providing some insight to those partners that are, that are looking to bring technologies into healthcare, these new emerging technologies, and be able to offer some insight into what they should be looking at on their strategic roadmap. So next week, Georgia Hymns on the 3rd. Um, if you can go to georgiahymns.com, um, you'll be able to find the website. You'll be able to find it where you can look me up on LinkedIn and you'll be able to find links to getting to that conference. But we look forward to having everyone around the region come and join us for Georgia Hymns Annual Conference. You got it. Tuesday, October 3rd. And this is actually going to play and broadcast. We're going to do an encore uh, broadcast as well throughout the week so we can you know, publicize the Georgia Hymns Conference. I've supported that you know, throughout the years, actually probably for over the last decade at least. Uh, on the radio show. So it's a great annual conference, a great place. If you're in the Atlanta or even the Southeast area, it pulls from all over. Ed Marks is a great global speaker. Ed's Ed's amazing and a longtime friend of all of ours. Great friend of the show actually as well. Um, so you're in for a real treat there. And hopefully even um, if they hear the show after even Tuesday, October 3rd, people can actually just check out the Georgia Hymns um, Conference uh, webpage. Because obviously I'm sure you have a lot of good content posted there on the annual conference. Uh, but then also, um, you know, Georgia Hymns in general, is a, is a great uh, um, society because I think they actually in 2020 got um, uh, uh, Society of the Year. So it's really cool to see um, yes. to see the uh, um, all that uh, Georgia is doing with you and others there. Uh, love the team. So congratulations on that. And then certainly uh, Sunday, October 8th starts the health conference out in Las Vegas. Uh, yes, I'll be yes. out there broadcasting live as well. So uh, excited to uh, for that opportunity. But this show specifically uh, this week is going to be focused on, you know, just again, uh, expertise and best practices that uh, we're going to glean from this conversation and what we've been able to pull together over the last 20, 30 years looking out over the industry. So, you know, why don't we dive in? Mike, again, I appreciate you taking the time to join us uh, and let's um let's get some of your expert opinion. So, and you've done some really cool opinion pieces on this lately, and this is what really brought uh, this show together today. But uh, but share your thoughts on a technologist perspective, and really going to just so to prep my audience, we're going to walk through different, um, I guess, uh, perspectives from technologists, healthcare providers, administrators. Um, you know, what are their roles in healthcare today? Because it's evolved tremendously. 
Uh, and then we're going to spend some time towards the end of the show, just going through some best practices around Center for Excellence and Innovation, and also how to collaborate and collaborate for success. Really key strategies around change management and what we're doing in healthcare today uh, to really get the most out of our environments, give the most to our um, constituencies, our, our teams, our patients, uh, our peers. So it's a great action-packed show. Um, but let's dive in right now uh, on the technology side. What is your tech? So, what's your perspective for technologists and their role in healthcare today, Mike? Well, a great question, and and I will tell you, it depends on the technologist. Um, and if they're on the provider side or they're on the partner side of healthcare, Justin, I'll tell you, I've been very fortunate to see both sides. Yep. Right. You know, you, your your perspective is based on what you're either delivering or you're having to consume and implement. And so I have a unique role as a technologist, having seen both and played on both sides of that coin and evaluating emerging technologies, developing strategies, guiding internal innovation, that that technology is supposed to have a mindset of this is right for the organization. Um, it's right for them to consume and be able to support. And then the consulting technologist that's presenting what their company is either sponsoring or funding that technology to be sold. Um, they must be able to evaluate if it makes sense to, to introduce that to the health system, the health system, I should say. Mm -hmm. um, and, and not everything should be sold in healthcare. Not every technology is primed for healthcare. So this includes, you know, on that strategic roadmap, what is the ROI for a health system to invest in this new technology? We all know the buzz around AI. We all know it applies to healthcare. But what use cases are important to healthcare now? How should it be introduced? Um, where should it be introduced? Because it's not saving doctors um, um, from visiting patients. That's not happening yet, right? They're still having to visit patients, diagnose and treat their patients. What happens is a our AI is another tool that they have in their belt to be able to use to gather more data and information. So evaluating those challenges and opportunities that tech technology and technologists face is to determine, is it the right time, right place for that strategy to be developed? And then internally, how do I bring the ROI around that innovation that I brought mm -hmm. to the to the facility? Absolutely. And the only thing I'll say there in the ROI is track that. This is good for the organization as well as the technologist is to track that in the vendor, track that from day one. Like when you're going into this um, implementation, as you know, is, hey, what is the ROI that I should expect in year one, year two, year three, year four, and year five, and then track that at least quarterly. Or, you know, mm -hmm. maybe it's however long, every implementation is a little bit differently, but some of the stuff that I do, I try to do quarterly um, just to make sure I'm getting the most out of it. Um, but again, that can, that based on what innovation you're deploying and, and supporting or service. So that's uh, right. I, uh, and I will tell you, Justin, the collaboration between the technologists and the healthcare provider or administrators is important, too, because you can bring, oh, you know, this is the best, newest and greatest. But if it's not fit in line yeah. with the healthcare provider or the administrator's plan yep. for the yep. system, you, you're going to break more than you're going to attempt to fix. So true. Wisdom, wisdom. Um, all right. So, yeah, you bring up, you know, healthcare providers. So let's talk about that now. So how, what is the healthcare provider's perspective? Um and their role in healthcare today? I know it's a broad question, but I'm trying, I want to make sure we cover a lot of good ground and some best practices here. So not a problem. Well, I am very fortunate to have quite a few healthcare providers that I am currently working with. Um, and I'll give you a perspective of a couple of those, those key ones that are now. One just received an award this past week for being an innovator of the year. Um, and, and it's balancing their current state of the system and its operations while strategically planning 
to grow internal, external experience. That's internal employee experience and that patient experience. So their perspectives now is kind of pivoted. It was it used to be on, you know, big iron. How many servers can I put in my data center? Now it's the experience that people, that data is there. That data is being aggregated. It's now in the cloud. We've moved to the cloud. Now it's about the perspective for a provider is what experience am I giving to retain my, my patients, that patient experience, my employees, as we put in these EHR systems, mm-hmm. these large technologies that are consuming data that we have to manipulate and understand, what are the experience for those employees as we pivot, as we innovate? Are we keeping that at the top of mind and creating an employee experience, right. a patient experience that makes sense for your system, yeah. for your domain of healthcare? And as a, as a role as a leader in that healthcare, can you create a better patient or employee experience by bringing in new technologies of change management, a consistent engagement model, whether it's internal or external? And that could be for your doctors and your nurses and your technical staff throughout the entire system. Those are your constituent users. Mm-hmm. So are you taking that constructive feedback and creating these experiences that make sense for your organization? So as we change roles of healthcare providers in this new digital area, era, uh, this era has to embrace technology. You're enhancing that patient engagement. The care delivery is at a heightened level. It's going to increase as AI and machine learning starts to become more ingrained into our environment. Telemedicine was around for however, but it Mm -hmm. took a pandemic for it to just take hold overnight. And now everyone's made it part of their their, um, their their, their patient experience, right? Yep, yep. Their care strategy. Absolutely. True, true. No, and I love how you bring up um, the, you know, everybody's experience, provider's experience, the patient's experience, the team's experience, the organization's experience. You know, those are all critical pieces and nobody can left be left out of the equation because it'll break, like you said, it'll break more than it fixes. So we've got mm-hmm. to make sure that, uh, you know, you got that integrated and holistic approach. Um, no, I will tell you, Justin, outside of, outside of healthcare, other industries have really taken hold of this experience transformation um, centers and these and these challenges brought on by understanding these experiences, mm-hmm. hope integrate these new technologies faster, better and with better support from internal staff, better workflows are created. Love it. So, you know, now taking off on that, you know, that internal staff, you know, in, in the in the teams there, what's the healthcare administrator's perspective and their role in healthcare today? So I'll say uh, fostering innovation and excellence, right? That administrator is supposed to be able to look and say, hey, I've seen what our comp- competition's doing um, downstream. Uh, we want to bring on innovation and excellence. We've got to be able to identify what areas of improvement or potential disruptions can our facility have within our area? And as we're growing, as, as hospitals acquire other systems and they start growing their footprint within their region, how do I use this innovation to develop a culture of innovation and continuous improvement? And that improvement could be, again, internal, your internal operations, your internal staff, the employees, and it could be continuous improvement for how I touch my patient population. And that could be within a major uh, metropolis or it could be in rural areas of care. How do I continuously improve that engagement model using this innovation of technology and areas of improvement around the system? So I, I say leveraging centers of excellence um, for specialized expertise and being able to put a central, a central repository of information and personnel together, leverage that um, around creating this 
fostered innovation environment that provides an, an excellent host for growing your system, balancing what you have for what's on site for your strategy and what innovative solutions have you seen that have transformed other facilities? How can you take hold of those? You may not be a, a leader in innovating technology and most healthcare systems aren't. They're more of a laggard. They're gonna wait and see what's gonna happen, right? That's not what we do in healthcare. Mm-hmm. But once you've seen that proven business case and use case, yep. how do you innovate and foster that innovation inside your health system? That's what an administrator should be doing today. Yeah, and it's I, I completely agree. And it's really cool to see some of those leadership organizations, though that you know, the kind of top one, two, three, four, five percent, they highlight a lot of innovation. Their C suite are, you know, global speakers on highlighting, you know, their centers of excellence or how do you how do you bring, you know, those best practices into your organizations? And and you know, a lot of those are our peers. You and I are friends with a lot of those people that do that. Yes. So it's cool to see that they share openly. Um, and so, yeah, we need to be there on the other side, making sure that we're capturing what they're saying, capturing their best practices uh, and their key strategies to success. And obviously every environment's a little bit different, but there's always something that we can take back to organizations. I mean, I used to travel all around the world looking at best practices, even went to Cuba to look at how, you know, they have the lowest infant mortality rate and we have one of the highest here in America, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. when you look at industrialized nations. So it's, um, and you, what can we learn maybe from like a, a Cuba you know, um, in what they do. And they, they basically, they surround that mother with care during the nine months of her pregnancy. And they can go into a home at any point during the nine months. She gets three square meals a day. So they, they really support that, that uh, mother and child. And those, are the, you know, again, bring those best practices. They also do community care much differently than we do, where, you know, one provider takes care of a thousand people in a, in a community or maybe 2000 people in a community, depending upon which community. Uh, but anyhow, they're and so they keep their cost of care way down, and the doctor knows mm-hmm. everybody. I and mean, they say, "How does you know a thousand people?" Well, you know, they 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 do, um, and they and they uh, and they manage that. So anyhow, there are best practices globally that we can look at, and obviously here as people share those. Um, and for those, we'll that see think, that that one to five percent, Justin. I think next week at Health, you'll you see it. those healthcare systems. Right, that's where we're going to see and talk to our friends about what they've been doing over the past year. Um, that have propelled their institutions forward using innovation and this new thought leadership around excellence. Yep. And you're going to even see it at, at the Georgia Hymns Conference because Ed Marks comes from Cleveland Clinic. You know, he's That's a CIO true. at Cleveland Clinic. And so you'll hear, you know, and, and Ed would speak about their best practices for sure. And and just those who may tuned in a little late today, my special guest is Mike Mosquito. And as my audience knows, Mike is a longstanding industry technologist and innovator for emerging solutions. Um, So let, let's keep the, the theme going here on the centers of excellence uh, and for excellence. So please share some of your thoughts and best practices regarding those centers, you know, centers of excellence or centers of innovation in healthcare today. So first the hospital needs to understand, and that's top down from your leadership, what a concept of a center of excellence, what does it mean for you? What are you looking to achieve? Mm-hmm. If you, if you look at a Cleveland clinic, as we say, or you're looking at a Mayo that have centers of excellence, what are they doing that's specific to propelling them and keeping them on a main stage um, in the light of uh, forward-thinking healthcare and innovation. And then the role of that, of that center of excellence in advancing the technology and services that you're going to offer to your community. What does that what does that center do? Does it aggregate this technology? Do you put a SWAT team together? They evaluate, they build a strategy, they help implement and deploy 
then they have change management and support that pulls it together and continues to proliferate it throughout all of your institutional assets. Mm -hmm. And then how do you look at those best practices that are outside your institution today that you'd like to bring in? And how do you establish and manage this COE? Is it with your smartest and brightest from each department that are handpicked and they're going in to actually evaluate or are you bringing in an advisor? I'm brought in as an advisor to help institutions evaluate, understand the concept of COE and employee experience and patient experience. So you bring in someone like myself or like you, Justin, and you, you're sitting down and you're looking at, here's where you are today. Here's what others are doing that are like you. Not And no two wheels roll alike. Mm-hmm. So it's how do we how do we look at your best practices for your institution and for what you're doing establish a baseline for your center of excellence and what services you can provide. And then what case studies can be built around these implementations um, in these healthcare organizations like yours, right? So if you're going to mimic someone else that's hitting a home run with their center of excellence, do you have those capabilities or do you need to go get them? Do you have those solutions or strategies? Have they been developed yet before you start this COE path? Because you have to have a strategy, you have to have a support plan, you have to understand what is the end game here. The technology is only a piece of it. You mm-hmm. have to have strategy, and you have to have support on each side of that bookend. So technology is going to come last, but you got to make sure that once you put a series of excellence together, what are you going to deliver, and can it de- be delivered above the the um, the excellence that you've already set as a bar? Because that's what the COE is there for: is to push the bar up in your organization. I love it. I love it. Um, another topic that I want to make sure we touch on, we got about three and a half minutes here, um, is collaborating for success. Um, collaboration is so key. It doesn't matter what you have for technology or the smartest people you've got in the industry or the best care providers. We have got to collaborate as a team uh, and we, we're only going to be successful together. So please highlight some of your best practices and thoughts for collaborating for success in healthcare today. For me, it's, it's what I mentioned earlier, as a technologist, I like going to providers and those administrators and developing a roadmap and strategy. I'm, I, I get, I am very blessed to be able to talk to the industry technology providers. Um, my, my past at McKesson and all scripts and eclipses uh, put me in a place where I'm able to have conversations with technology providers and bring information back to these, these systems and break down silos of fostering interdisciplinary teamwork. I, I, my job is to bring people together and from both sides. While I'm all, while I'm an advisory consultant, I am also a person that fosters that innovation internal to a healthcare environment. I'm a trusted advisor. I, mm-hmm. I consider myself one of, one of those few out there that I, I can pick up the phone and call an administrator or a technologist, um, a CIO, a CFO, and a health system, and we can have a very frank conversation. Yep. And that collaboration is key because once you have someone that is on the same page with you, where you can leverage known information, known data, um, and make an informed decision, then you can walk down a road mapping strategy together. It's much easier because you you understand where that person is coming from. So collaborating with them, collaborating with technology leaders and understanding what their mission is, is very important to being successful um, with those projects that are being delivered in healthcare. Without that collaboration, then it's a, let's try this. And that rarely works in healthcare. If you've got a proven business case and use case, it's, 
here's our proof of concept around what we know. And we hope to see those same outcomes. But at the end, we've collaborated on what's been happening in other places. Um, here's what, here are the outcomes. And we're trying to get those same collaborative outcomes for our health system. Okay. No, that's awesome. I, um, I love it. We have about one minute left or so. So let's talk about some future trends and innovations in healthcare. What do you see out there and maybe a lightning round of 60 seconds or so? I'll, I'll tell you, you know, as we talk about what's happening with AI, the potential impact with machine learning, it, it's going to push the envelope. We're going to be able to aggregate data globally around uh, care and care regimens. If you're going in for RA treatment, you're going to be able to look at cases that are global now, just not in your community or what that doctor can see based on what his optics are inside his health system. You'll be able to pull in data from all over with like physicians who are doing those same procedures. This changes the whole landscape of healthcare. And these advancements around precision medicine, genomics, what's been happening over in Europe for now over 10 years. But most people don't know what Epic's been doing overseas for 10 years now, getting it longer um, around genomics. When I was at McKesson a decade or two, two decades ago, this was really about how do you take a populace, gather this information, understand what this population is going through based on their food, their diet, um, their diet, their, their workout, um, their environment around them. And, and then how do we change that based on what we know, put it in a database, reference it, and be able to pinpoint, here's where things start to change in our environment for care and be able to predict the future mm. using these technologies and these data points. So as we start talking about innovations around healthcare and future trends, it will be to gather data and, and eliminate data biases. How do you eliminate these data biases for around um, the determinants of care? The you, social determinants of care is one of, the, one of the main downfalls of our society where people aren't getting this care, but how do we predict the future of healthcare using technology and understand where this technology has taken us. Right. Um, and it's able to. It. Yeah. No, you're right. You're spot on. Um, and actually, Holomka was on here talking about that, you know, a couple of months ago, but we were actually at time, Mike. So why don't we, and we have to, obviously we'll do a follow up show. But my friend, so great to have you on air. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Justin. You got it, my friend. And thank you, everybody, for taking time out of your busy schedules to join us. Uh, if you missed any of this episode or want to hear more, you can always tune in at uh, 2.30 p.m. Eastern, 11.30 a.m. Pacific each day, Monday through Friday. Um, you can also track us on Twitter at HIT Advisor and use the hashtag ThisJustinRadio so we can respond to your comments from the show. If you missed any of this episode or want to hear more uh, as well, you can also go to Apple iTunes, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, and tune in. Uh, and you can check out some of the new content that we're posting out on justinbarnes.com for the fall. Thanks, everyone, and stay safe. 